when I tap into the frequency, for me, it's all love, right? It's all love. And specifically, love for me, which is something I never had. So being able to be proud of something I've done, and in, in not, in, in not in a selfish way, but just like actually recognizing that That's, I am a beautiful human being. That's grateful living. Yeah, grateful living. And then I can then share the love with others. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Relationships. Let's talk about it. And in this episode, we focus on gratitude and gratefulness, how it can improve your relationships, your mental health and well-being. And yes, I know that you've heard this before, but I have a conversation with Frederick Terrell. And Frederick shares his experience of transforming his life from anxiety and depression and negative thoughts so much so that he created a company called Pocketudes, which has products that inspire positive mental health through gratitude and kindness. So let me tell you a little bit more about Frederick. So Frederick began his career with the Walt Disney Company, working on film, video, and digital media projects. He is a seasoned creative director who has led numerous branding initiatives for Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, startups, and government agencies. Like I said, he launched Pocketudes at pocketudes.com in 2016 to share the practice he developed to support his mental well being. Today, he continues to develop new products and speak about his journey to positive mental wellness to groups throughout the country. And I have been using his pocket uh, gratitude journal for a while, and it is wonderful. So you could check out his products, like I said, on pocketudes.com, and you can get a discount by using the code PREPO. You can get 15% off on all items in shop. Well, everybody, I want to express a lot of gratitude. You know, my appreciation practice, and it's full of gratitude to all of you that have listened to over the years, that have given me feedback on how this podcast has benefited you. I really appreciate it. And to those of you that have donated financially to my podcast over the years, thank you so much. If you are inclined to do so, you can check out my website, prepo.com. You can click on the podcast page and the donation button and leave a reoccurring or monthly donation. I am very grateful for all of you that have supported the podcast this way 
and also by spreading the word of it and giving it and sharing it with people that you care about. And you can go to my website and sign up for my newsletters at prepo.com. You can check me out on Instagram at prepo and also some of my tweets on Twitter. Okay, everybody, I hope you enjoy this conversation I have with Frederick, taking this practice of gratitude into our daily lives that will tr- absolutely transform the way that we look at the world and our relationships in our lives. And let me just add, as a therapist, this is way better than an antidepressant, let me tell you. It is an absolutely natural mood booster. Okay, everybody, here we go. Gratefulness and grateful living. Let's talk about it. Frederick, Frederick. Hello, hello. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate that. You were so open to when we just met one night. (laughs) Great night. It was a fun celebration. It was. When Corey told me that, hey, this is becoming a really good friend of mine. And he said, this guy is fucking hilarious too. (laughs) Oh, great. No pressure. (laughs) That's right. So, you know. Must be funny. Yeah. I mean, you were funny because I could hardly hear that night with the music going on. So that made it good. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what we talked about that night. Yeah. I just would smile and say yes occasionally. (laughs) But we did end up talking about um, when Corey told me, Colt, he said, hey, you guys got to hook up because Mm -hmm. Prebo is the appreciation guy. Yeah. And I think we started talking about gratitude and appreciation. And then you told me about some of your experience and your Mm -hmm. wife was there. So this is what spurred it. I mean, I love that you had a journey around gratitude and gratefulness and that you're sharing it in a beautiful way with others. We'll totally get into that because... I'm really enjoying your journals and I have some oh, feedback you. on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I am curious. I would love for people to hear like what what spurred some of this awareness and this energy to help people with a focus to turn around real challenging emotions, whether it's depression or um, just contraction of, of hopelessness or whatever, mm-hmm. to be able to really feel like you're thriving in life. Yeah. I mean, it, it starts at a really young age, right? Um, a lot of shame, negative thoughts, uh, panic attacks, anxiety, depression, that kind of followed me, you know, at a really young age and followed me to, okay, you're on your own now, go to college. Um, and, uh, it was uh, a shadow I could never escape. Right. It was just, um, any kind of celebration or victory um, would immediately be overshadowed with rationales why I didn't do that well or focus all completely on the negative. Um, if I scored a goal in soccer, well, you didn't really score that goal because it was an accident. You didn't mean so it was constant, just negative reinforcement. Um, and I've always been an extrovert, always been the funny guy. <clears throat> I think the outward life was. Uh, desperately seeking approval, desperately seeking attention, whether it was intentional or not. And then my inner world was just so dark, just sad, Um, (laughs) lonely, even though I had lots of friends and an active social life. Um, So, you know, it's just years and years and years of um, hiding the secret 
that this clown that you're laughing with or at, um, it's not new either, right? It's just a really sad, <laughs> depressed um, individual struggling with um, lots of shame. And so, you, you know- You hit it well. At that I hit it extremely well. Um, I think my mother wanted me to be an actor. That's how good I was. Huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and it wasn't so much like an active- uh, it wasn't an active thing, right? I didn't like, oh, I must hide this. Right. It just, when I was around people or in a public setting, it just turned on. And then I would just go home and whenever I was alone with my thoughts. Um, was there other people in your life that knew that you no. were suffering in some way? No, okay. no. Um, yeah, no, because really I needed to look perfect. Uh, I needed to be that guy. Mm -hmm. So professionally I'd always done well. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to paint this picture that I'm a dark brooding, like my poor wife and kids have to suffer with this, you know, dark brooding man. It's just, um, it wasn't quite like that. It's just that my lows are really low. And, it, and especially when you're in your 20s, teens and 20s, trying to identify what your purpose mm. is, what's my role in this world, where do I belong? And I didn't have much of a spiritual background. So, you know, I had to kind of figure this out, right? And... Um, the only way I knew how to figure it out is when I didn't feel good, when I felt shame, when I felt depressed, when I felt sad, well, I'm going to go numb, numb with TV or numb with, with sexual, uh, activities or, and drug and alcohol were never really for mm. me. <laughs> so whatever I could do to stop the thoughts and distract the mind, um, because it was incessant. It was crazy how, you know, people tell me, oh, you're an attractive guy. And I'm like, Ugh. I see, all I see is an unattractive person, mm. um, which, you know, is body dysmorphia too. It's, it's, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy because for me, I played the victim for so long. Poor me, poor me, poor me. And I think the, the paradigm shift I've had, I had is the day I kind of discovered or truly felt the frequency of gratitude and this realization that I didn't, that I had a choice. So for me, it wasn't chemical imbalance. It's that I chose to be depressed. I chose to let the inner gremlin, the monkey mind take over. I chose to listen to it. And when I figured out that, holy shit, I have a choice. I don't have to listen to this monkey or the gremlin. Uh, and then wait, tell me more about this gratitude. I can actually choose to focus on the positive. Game changer, a paradigm shift. And obviously, I'm nowhere near perfection, mm. <laughs> and I'm not enlightened, but I have a greater, deeper understanding. So that was the genesis, I guess, for this transformation. So how did it go from the awareness, aha, to actually the practice? Because mm -hmm. I, I hear a lot of my clients, you know, they say, oh, I know all these tools, mm -hmm. but it's just, I just can't put it into practice. And, mm -hmm. and how did that, how did that jive with you knowing like, holy shit, like, I have a choice. Mm -hmm. A lot of people then, they don't know how to go about what to do with that choice. Yeah. I think for me, it was my 15th rock bottom, I think, <laughs> and more of a spiritual rock bottom. So I had a, an agency and I, I lost a big client. You know, sometimes it takes just one single event and my identity was wrapped around the work, always has been. And losing this big client was going to have some major rippling effect on the company. And so I just reverted back to the patterns. Oh, shit. 
I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. I'm not intelligent. Um, I should have seen this coming. I mean, it just went on and on and on and on. And I got gifted uh, <laughs> a week with Tony Robbins, uh, <laughs> Unleash the Power Within in Dallas. And I think it coincided with a week before me saying, I cannot continue like this. And we lived in Boulder and I was walking, I was on a hike in the Flatirons and I was just saying, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm 40 or whatever it was. Like, this is ridiculous. Like I, I was having this, you know, the monkey mind I, in essence was waking up saying, do you want to do this again? Like, cause I don't. And so I started this journey and I started shifting my energy. I was listening to podcasts, reading books, like just I'm an experiential learner. So for me, when I would hear a concept, I would see or read a concept to be like, oh, then I get gifted this. And, you know, I'm not a huge Tony Robbins, you know, enthusiast, but what I think it did is it was a genesis for dramatic change because half of it was, you know, selling, pitching. The other half was just like a hardcore therapy, group therapy. Mm which I hadn't done too much of. And I got a couple key concepts that I brought back with me. And then I just kept building and building, um, you know, Tara Brock, uh, Michael Singer, you know, the, the list of our gurus, right? Um, and just kept learning and understanding. And the more I did and the more I experienced it, um, started dipping my toe into meditation, like anything to quiet the mind, um, connecting even more to nature and the hikes and walking, observing, and then finally starting to see these little patterns where I stopped being so negative. Um, I tried very hard to stop judging. It turns out I was so angry. I had so much rage inside me that it was easy for me to look at people and judge them. And really I'm, it's a mirror, right? I'm judging yeah. myself. So it's just this one concept after another, after another, after another. And you know, it's, it's been a journey, but that's what I needed. I needed a slap in the face. You're going to have a really difficult year losing this client. Um, you've got to figure out what you're going to do now. Oh, and by the way, you're also going to go through this spiritual transformation. You gave yourself <laughs> a little bit of a challenge. It was a rough year. Mm. <laughs> and that's the year I launched Pocketudes. Mm -hmm. um, because... I don't want to get too salesy, but I, part of the journey is I bought a very well-known gratitude journal that's supposed to only last a few minutes. Like the practice is super easy. It totally didn't work for me. It was a bulky book. It didn't take me the X minutes they said. It took me like 10 times more. So I was like, I took a little Moleskine with me, a little journal I put in my pocket and I'd walk around and I was like, whenever I felt compelled to write or to express positive intentions or gratitude, um, I would take it out. And I was like, this is what I need. And so I created Pocketudes for, to meet my need at first. And then, you know, as it kept growing, I was like, oh my God, a huge part of this is acts of kindness. Because for me, when I was in that state of depression, anxiety, and victim, it was all about me, 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 and my problems. I learned that if I can, I could turn it off in an instant, if I do something good for someone else, and it didn't matter what it was. It was like a, a recommendation on LinkedIn with a colleague I worked with years ago. It was, you know, raking the leaves of my neighbors. Like I got, I got pretty desperate after a while. Like, okay, I have to have an act of kindness today. <laughs> like, what can I do? So I'd be giving like a dollar to someone on the street. Like it didn't matter. But the minute I changed my focus from me to we, to me, to other, I found 
I found like a, I felt it. I felt that a shift in my energy. How, how did you, did you have any challenge with the acts of kindness getting mixed up in people pleasing? You know, the part of us <laughs> that, you know, I want to be a good person. If yeah. I do this, people will, will like me and I'll feel good as opposed to there's, there's an aspect of altruistic acts of kindness and knowing that we get a wonderful feeling from it. Right. But sometimes it gets mixed up and people pleasing. Did I ever come in? You know? Well, I think ultimately an act of kindness is, all, is an act of ego too, right? It's like you said, it's very satisfying. But honestly, I don't think so because I spent most of my life as the pleaser. I had to make my parents proud and happy. I had to be the funny one of my friends. I had to be the smart one. I mean, I had to be everything, right? That I thought everybody, you know, I had to be perfect. So, no, these were genuine acts of kindness because part of this journey was certainly not shedding of ego, but it was being mindful of ego and mindful of my intentions. And so, yeah, were there times where I'm like, I'm going to do this expecting someone to go, oh, thank you so much and feeding. Yeah, of course. But then there were times of just, which was, you know, when I'm in the flow, when I'm in that zone where I do something kind. I genuinely want to make this person happy. And that, as an only child, who's pretty damn selfish and self-centered, mm. is a freaking amazing feeling because yeah. then it's like, wow, this feels so good. And for me, I craved feeling so good intrinsically. I mean, I craved it. Um, and I didn't have it a lot. I had a lot of external praise, especially from my mother who's, you know, worships me. She's a beautiful woman proud of you and proud of this and proud of that. But eventually it's just noise. Right. And I know her intentions, of course, are pure love. But um, yeah, so I, I, I certainly now, I definitely know the difference. Mm. I also know when I haven't done it in a while, when right. I get lazy, like just watched a documentary last night called The Work. It is extraordinary. The Work in uh, Folsom Prison. Unbelievable. And it reminded me that as I get more comfortable I get lazy in my practice and it's called the work because it really, and I don't, I know I don't have to tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling myself this, right. As a reminder that this is work. This is it. And if I don't do this every day, if I skip meditation a couple right. days in a row, if I don't do yeah. an act of kindness, if it's just all about me, me, me. Right. I call it, I call it a practice because a practice just yeah. means that you just keep doing it. Yeah. You just keep doing it over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the practice that we're, that we need to focus on, so much daily is some aspect of taking it from a thought process to a feeling process. Cause mm. you were, you were sharing before about how important it was for you to realize that you had to get the, the feeling of, right. of gratitude. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, so my wife, Misa has been one of my greatest teachers and she was the one that, you know, we were just talking after meditation one day and she was saying that, because in the beginning, what I would do is I would like desperately look for things to be grateful for, right? So in the, when I was very green in my practice, I'd sit there and I'd write in my journal, uh, and I didn't have it. I'm like, well, I wrote my wife yesterday, the kids before that, uh, this project or skiing. <laughs> okay. And I would literally like, what can I? So then I, I kind of transferred it into a feeling, right? The feeling of being grateful. So then when I focus on that, it, I can literally be grateful for this moment right now where I'm completely in the present and grateful for now. And I don't have to be specific. I can be grateful for the fact that I understand that I'm here now, a speck on a rock in the universe. 
I can be grateful for the wind and, and whatever I hear. So it, it, it became less of a, of a check, you know, to-do list and more of a tapping into that feeling. I also find it amazing that I was unconscious for most of my life. Obviously, I was completely asleep at the wheel. Suddenly, I discovered this concept called gratitude, which sounds so silly, right? Because it's like... <laughs> it's not ancient. I don't think it's ancient. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, everyone, all the gurus, I mean, that's, the you know, Oprah Renfrey, everybody, they're all talking about gratitude. I'm like, wow, where, where was this concept? Like, And I'm sure it was... I'm sure it was introduced to me by my fourth grade teacher. Right. But until it resonates, until you feel it, until you really grasp the concept, right? It's like my Jewish friends or my Catholic friends, they grew up with the spirituality. They grew up with the gospel and the Torah and the Bible and the gratitude. It's everywhere. But yet I know a lot of them are completely depressed and miserable. And, and I don't think they practice it, practice it or they truly intrinsically like feel it that's right yeah. right which is what i did i didn't feel it i didn't understand and you could tell me all you want about being grateful it's like me telling my kids giving them advice like okay okay <laughs> they're gonna have to feel it they're gonna have to live it and they're gonna have to unfortunately have those hard feelings yeah i think that's the key for me you know yeah. we can talk about a little bit of the subtleties between appreciation and gratitude a lot of my focus is the word appreciation and i always tell people because it's almost similar to the simplistic aspect of when people say gratitude is the key of happiness with me you know that appreciation is the key to happiness in a in a in a connecting and beautiful relationship mm -hmm. when i tell couples when you're exchanging appreciations you got to resonate with the feeling mm -hmm. of it it doesn't matter if you repeat the appreciation a hundred times in two weeks if you're yeah. feeling it every time the receiver feels it yeah. just like remorse if i don't feel remorse then when I apologize to you, you're not going to feel my my remorse at all. I got to mm -hmm. feel it. And like you're saying, the gratitude is in, in the resonance of it. Yeah. Just the feeling of being in the moment, like you're saying, being grateful for just feeling grateful. Yeah. And that, I'm not specific at all, but right. I'm just feeling it. So yeah. that resonance. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get in those patterns too, like with your wife or the kids. I love you. I love you. It becomes kind of the, okay, see, I love you. I love you. I love you. And then sometimes you have to pause and go, hey, I love you. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I love you too. <laughs> yeah. And just taking that moment because for me, I can't say all humans, but for me, I, I get lazy with the practice. I get lazy with the work. And, you know, my wife, would, she would tell me, oh, I'm really low vibration today because I didn't meditate or I didn't, you know, do whatever part of the practice. And it's so true. Now I, I completely resonate with that. I know if I'm particularly grumpy or or if I judge others or I judge myself or I'm that negative voice, I'm like, oh man, wait a minute. You know, Pocketude's guy is so not practicing what he preaches. And, and that's fine. I'm human. I, I'm, I'm at a place now where I'm comfortable admitting I am flawed. I'm comfortable admitting I'm going to make lots of mistakes. I'm going to have spiritual relapses. It's cool. It's okay. You know, I don't have to punish myself like I used to. Well, that's, yeah, that's part of getting away from perfectionism. Yes. It's such a relief to it's not huge. feel and to the strength and the humility of being a human being yeah. that is learning and making mistakes to have awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell a little bit about like more pocketudes itself, because um, I just think it's a, it's a, just a fantastic focus tool. Um, I've been, ever since I met you, mm -hmm. uh, month ago or so the next day I, I went and ordered some and I actually gave one to a client today. Oh, um, nice. 
and uh, she was very grateful for, for doing <laughs> it. Um, yeah, can you can you say what it is? Yeah, so I think the best way, you know, it, it really is meant to jumpstart a gratitude practice, an act of kindness practice, a positive intentions practice. You know, I certainly never claim it's a cure. And for me, it's one of many tools. Um, so in its most basic form, it is a pocket-sized gratitude journal. But over the years, I kind of refined it. I added the acts of kindness uh, about a year when I, after I launched it. I added positive intentions and reflections. I added a self-care checklist, a guide on how to use it. And really to explain, you know, I created these little categories and the categories were there because in the beginning I found myself, like I said, like I'm, I'm grateful for the same things all the time. So it was like person, place, thing, myself, experience to kind of help people in the beginning, at least to kind of think beyond the usual. And then you would write it down. And then why are you grateful? The prompt why is to kind of create kind of a deeper imprint on the mind and also you know, I get, I get told this all the time. Why don't you create an app? And I used to get really pissed off, but the reason there'll never be an app because part of the practice is unplugging. Not, I love my devices, but it's really being unplugged in the moment. And then the physical act of handwriting, part of my research, I learned that you learn faster, you retain more, but it's also mindfulness act, right? You're sitting there handwriting. We don't do that a lot. Sometimes I'll do small print, all caps. Sometimes I'll do upper, lowercase, title case. I'll do cursive, which I suck at. I can barely read what I write. Um, then underneath that is the acts of kindness, like today's act of kindness. And on the right is an open page where it's reflections and positive intentions. Um, the self-care checklist is basically, it's been changed. Like this is version like seven and it's things that I practice. So if I feel like I'm about to panic, I have the hold for four, you know, the breath work, I have the uh, just prompts and reminders like community, laugh, be active, move your body, go outside. Um, of course, meditation is a part of that. Um, I think there's 17 or 18 bullets that are just, you know, like I just check them off, right? Um, the beauty is that over time, I don't rely on the journal like I used to. Um, I'll be the first to say that I don't use it every day because I don't really need to. Um, I have it with me. And I'll have it because sometimes just the physical act of having it with me is kind of a prompt. Like, hey, stay grounded. Don't bullshit. Don't do the shame spiral. Like just having that with mm -hmm. me is kind of a tactile way to remind myself like, okay, hey, remember the work. Remember the work because it's very, very easy for me to go back into old patterns, build these stories of, you know, grand stories of myself to others to make myself look good, um, to judge. It's, it's. It's like you said, it's definitely the practice. I'm getting better. I'm so proud of where I've come, but I'm also very realistic that I have a lot more work to do. Mm -hmm. And all I need is just, you know, I think a couple of days ago I was driving and I saw somebody and I judged them like right away. I judged them and I felt like shit. I was like, no. And, I, and I'll tell myself things like, you're no better than, we're all connected, we're all one. Like, I have to do this all the time. I, I literally have to leave the house and go, okay, hey, remember, remember the work. <laughs> it, it's pervasive in our yeah. society that oh, the judgment geez, yeah. and everything coming on. So it's it's almost uh, subliminal that we get these unconscious mm -hmm. signals for us to judge other people. Yeah. So we have to catch it so yeah. fast. I'm curious, Frederick, what, is it 17 pages, 17 days in each one? Yeah. Yeah, why 17 as opposed to, so you have like, a, it's in a three uh, booklet, Yep. Um, 
packet. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I, I really like that. But what came instead of people, you know, people saying, do do a whole fucking, you know, 54 days in one journal or so I would love to have this amazing story that tells you that 17 is a spiritual number <laughs> going to like this deep, profound, like one in seven, that's eight, man. Eight is the number. It's infinity. Uh, it's infinity. Yeah. So here's the truth. Uh, my printer said, if you add more signatures, it's, it's going to cost more. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and then there's some technical aspects with it. Um, it's the perfect, well, look, it's the perfect number to keep it folded and flat. Right. Um, if you go any thicker based on the papers that I'm using, because I try to be sustainable possible so yeah i in, but in a way i'm, I'm kind of glad it's 17 because yeah. it's such a weird number and seven and one is eight and i have a interesting relationship with that number so yeah I, the bottom line is it came down to economics and functionality but you get 51 days on a three pack right but i love the fact that it is over two weeks because for me it took about two weeks to kind of get into this habit in the beginning and and to kind of make it routine and pattern. Um, I don't know if if there's research that says that humans need, you know, X amount of time, but mm. I, f I found that one journal filling it completely for over two weeks was really good in getting me to, okay, let me get another journal. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm really I'm sorry the 17 it. wasn't more yeah, profound. No, that's okay. My, my <laughs> anniversary is on the 17th. And oh, I'll, there I'll you go. Yeah, see? We like those numbers. Synchronicity. I'm born July 1st, 1771. There you go. But, um, the one part that I that I've enjoyed is, like I said, with appreciation to me, I always try. There's so much crossover between appreciation and gratitude mm -hmm. and gratefulness. But the one thing I know about appreciation, appreciation seems that you're able to focus on the value of something, right. and that from that feeling of valuing it, then I can have gratefulness for that. And so, to me, it's so intertwined. So, I would always write appreciation journals, appreciation notes, and I'm do, I do appreciation workshops, all kinds of things. Mm. And what was nice was to put that together in a way of like, oh, I'm I'm actually already focusing on the value. I know that I feel it and resonate now, the gratefulness for it. Mm. I love the acts of kindness because I've been playing with that with that part of the page of, do I want to do it before? If I, if I write in the day, I'm like, what acts of kindness do I mm -hmm. want to focus on? Right. And then I reflect at the end of the day, well, that's my experience. Great. Or if I do it at the end of the day or wait for that part, mm -hmm. what acts of kindness did I spontaneously do? You know, oh, so I use it as an either an intention or also a reflection. And I'm enjoying that. Yeah, I love how I. It, it's so funny because it's organic for everybody. It's different. I, I love hearing customers tell me how they use a journal. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Because um, for me, it was all throughout the day, and I would kind of squeeze in different ones. I mean, at first, it was too much of like a blueprint. I must perform my act of kindness today, like going through the motions. Um, now it's random and it's not like, you know, a lot of times I tell you, especially that book that I want, that I bought, like you do it at the end of the day, just before bed. I'm like, man, I'm tired, I'm fried. <laughs> it's gonna take me 30 minutes to do this because I wanted to follow the directions. Um, so yeah, so for me, sometimes it can start with the act of kindness, like you said, and then it fills the whole book. Because that one act of kindness gave me the gratitude and the appreciation. And then it gave me a lot to reflect on. And sometimes I won't have an act of kindness at all. And so I'll go back the next day and I'll pre, you know, it, it's, it, I don't think there's any wrong or right. And, in, and no. when it comes to appreciation, for me, I respect everything you said and it totally resonates. But 
I actually don't have a distinction between the two because when I tap into the frequency, for me, it's all love, right? It's all love and specifically love for me, which is something I never had. So being able to proud of something I've done and, 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 not, in, and not in a selfish way, but just like actually recognizing that that's, I am a beautiful human being. That's grateful living. Yeah, grateful living. And then I can then share the love with others. And I found that I am so much more uh, empathetic and I'm so much more um, sensitive to others now. Like I've always been able to feel people and when I would pitch ideas, like I could tell when I had the room, but now I'm not using it for evil. I'm like, actually I'm feeling it's not, it's less about it's me. A, it's less about like a, a little bit of a manipulation in some way in that. Yeah. And now it's more about, I genuinely am listening. I'm genuinely present. You know, people would tell me their problems and I would just be thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. Now I'm, I want them to know I am listening. I am present. I want you to hear that I hear you and see you. Um, it's a weird, it's a new concept for me mm. because again, part of my diseased mind is that it's all about me. How do I make this about me? Oh, you have problems? Well, I have problems too. Right. You know, oh, you, you had this trauma as a child? Well, I had trauma too. And it's comparing, you know, it's, it's, it's. And we think that's relating, right? Yeah. I'm going to relate my yeah. experience. And I'll fix you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me fix you. I got yeah. all the answers. Here's something I did. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> yeah. Just go for a walk. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it, what I find interesting also with some parts of appreciation and gratefulness, mm. people have a challenging time when they're experiencing hard moments, a crisis. And a lot of times it's, how in the hell am I supposed to be grateful for this, a death yeah. or a loss of, of a home or how can I be grateful? Yeah. And I was mentioning earlier that I wanted to read um, Brother David Steindl Ross. Some people may know he's... A Benedictine monk. He's an author of many beautiful books on spirituality and integration of science, but he's beautiful with his expressions of, of gratitude. And he wrote, we cannot be grateful for all that a given moment brings to us. Yet in any given moment, we can be grateful for something. Hmm. The gift within the gift of any given moment is opportunity. And that hmm. that really opened an awareness to me of I don't necessarily have to look at the shitty moment that I'm having and finding the cherry for the shitty moment. Yeah. At that moment, I can focus on something in that moment that I'm grateful for, whether it's also in the flower or that I can breathe through my nose and my nose is not clogged up or whatever it is in that moment of crisis to help me the emotional ladder up of gratefulness in order to reflect on just what's presented to me in life. Mm -hmm. I can be grateful for for either the lessons I need to overcome, the opportunities of when people say, yeah, I want to be more courageous. I'm like, really? Well, then you're going to have a fucking experience for you to mm -hmm. be more courageous. Are you sure mm -hmm. you want these experiences when we ask for things? And I think that awareness for people is important is they don't have to be forced to see a challenging opportunity right in that moment, but they can focus on something that they're grateful for. It is really, really hard because I've been there, you know, post-launching Pocketudes, post my spiritual awakening. I've been, I've had moments where I feel hopeless. I have very dark thoughts and half the time I go dive head first because that was the pattern I was familiar with. 
So I call those my relapses where I'll be in bed and I just, I can't get the head to be quiet. I can't meditate. I can't do anything. And what I'm finding now is for me, it's connected to my body. Um, Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain body. And, and for me, I took it literally because my body hurts in those moments. My head is burning. My chest hurts. I have a hard time breathing. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I can't eat any food. It's a full-on anxiety, right? A panic attack. And for me, it's hard to then shift. And I know, I'm, I recognize I'm pocket to the reason I launched it, right? Because it's my journey. And I can't go in the journal. I can't meditate. So I have found what I can do is change my physical state. So either, and I'm not a runner, but I'll go run. Uh, I am a hiker. I will go into the mountains. I will go somewhere. If it rains, it doesn't matter. And I won't come back until I feel different. And it's worked. And sometimes it can take two to three hours. It does, it's happening less and less as I get more tools. But um, that's the only way I found for me when I'm in that moment. Of Not to where think your feel, way out I of it. I can't think my way out of it. Right. I can't meditate my way out of it. I have to physically... I don't care what it is, going to swing. I, it's, I have to move my body. I have to be in nature. There's no doubt I have, well, all of us, we're all connected energetically to this planet. So for me, I find that I resonate with the frequency of nature and especially here, you know, with the rocks and the trees. And I'll literally hug a tree. I'll touch a rock. I will walk and walk and walk miles <laughs> until I can, there's a switch all of a sudden. I'm like, okay, it's out. Or at least I feel like I now can look at the gratitude. And often it will be during the walk or the run or whatever. I'm like, oh, wow, look around. And that's how I've been able to snap out of those moments where I'm back to being that seven-year-old, that 15-year-old, that 24-year-old, whatever. The year, decades of patterns that are really hard to break. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so key what you said about the body. Because, yeah. you know, we... I say this a lot. We hear the expression, shake it off, man, shake it off. Yeah. But we never shake it off. We don't <laughs> literally shake. Yeah. And I just tell people, even in the moment that you're feeling contracted or confused or fresh, just shake real quick. Yeah. Move the energy in the body because you want a different state. Totally. So a different emotion can be embodied in your body because the emotions aren't floating out here. They're inside yeah. the body. Yeah, and Joe Dispenza has um, this breathing he does, which is not you know his breathing. It's been for centuries. But... Um, I resonated and connected with what he was saying about the chakras and bringing the breath all the way to the top of your head. That has helped me a lot as well. Um, and a lot of times when I am struggling and I'm going into meditation, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling lazy. Starting with that breath work has been really helpful. And again, it, it's the body. Right. Um, it's moving the body. It's breaking the pattern of just sitting and breathing like you normally would. Like for me, this this awareness, this intentional awareness that, oh, wait a minute, I am a breathing creature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, I'm a miracle too. The fact that I'm right here in this room with you is a miracle, yeah. right? And it's a gift. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about what you said about how challenging it is to look at a situation that's so hard and dire mm. to think our way out instead of like the body, the senses. Yeah. The one moment that I can remember in my life that I did something like that at the hardest moment of my life 23 years ago, we had a baby that died in birth. Mm. And my son was three years old at the time. And it was a home birth. And uh, when she wasn't breathing, the uh, EMTs came and they took her to the hospital. And just when when um, I was, uh, my wife was 
I think she was in the bathtub with the midwives and helping her uh, pass the placenta. And I could feel literally this like pull in the back of my head taking me down like this dark, dark, dark hole. And of all the ex things I was thinking about of what I was missing, what I wasn't gonna have, what I lost, being a father to a daughter, I had a son and what that life would be, the four of us. And then I heard my son laughing in the, in the background upstairs and my senses went to his laughter. I just love his laughter and loved mm. his laughter. And it brought me into, wait a second, man, this is what I have. The reality of having a, a daughter and a, it, no, it's no reality. It wow. is an illusion. What you have now is the person in the bathtub, my wife and my son. And I started feeling grateful that that's I had incredible. that. That that saved me. Yeah. And, and that was a part of starting to look at the gratefulness around what was happening to us. And her death was the biggest spiritual transformation of my life in a grateful way. I was able to look at all of the aspects of it more and more in a grateful and understanding and accepting way. So the power of that, um, focusing on, on the resonance of that yeah. gratefulness, I think in some ways saved my emotional life. That's extraordinary that you could do that, that you could shift like that. Because I think for me, my default pattern would be to listen to those stories. Um, in those moments of trauma and pain, for whatever reason, my default would be to dive headfirst in the trauma and then make it worse. Stories about how I could change the past and how horrible my future will be. Hmm. Nothing about being present. Nothing about... If that happened to me, I'm sorry for your loss, but if that happened to me at that time, I, I would be so into myself, so into my pain, that selfish pattern, that I wouldn't even hear the laughter. Hmm. I wouldn't even feel my wife's pain physical and emotional pain. It would all be about me and I would just go down the spiral and feeling like I have no control over it. Feeling like all the stories in my head, that's the reality, mm. which, which is amazing. Now I realize that that actually is not the reality <laughs> at all. But for so many decades, that in internal voice about past and future, that felt like my reality. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. And what do you feel that would possibly experience now that you've been focusing on that in your life? Um, what would what would an experience like that yeah, be I like that now? You, I know you can't, you know, sure. you probably want to say, ah, uh, you know, I would, I think I would handle that much better, but. Oh yeah, but, it'd be perfect. Yeah, uh, right. I'd smile it off. No, yeah. I think, um, like I said, I'm still on this journey. Right. So, um, well, one, I'm, 100% confident that I have more tools and more experiences um, and wisdom now so that I'm able to, just the fact that I can recognize, oh, I'm telling myself a story. Oh, I don't have to listen to it. I can still feel terrible. I still have the physical manifestations, the stomach, the nosh, nosh, you know, being nause, na nauseated, mm -hmm. <laughs> nauseous, um, the head burning, my face turning red. Like I can still feel that but I can breathe. Like I have the tools that allow me, okay, um, I don't feel like doing the journal. Okay, that's not gonna work. Um, I'm not feeling like I can meditate. All right, let me breathe. 
let me go in the car and go on a hike. Um, so, but I think honestly, it's like when I judge, the fact that I can in that moment say, hey, you're judging. Oh, thank you. Hmm. Like now the gremlin, the monkey mind, they're actually my allies at times now. They're not, you're not judging the judger now. Right. As much. Right. right. And now they'll still be the ones, you know, I, I like to call them they, but they'll be the ones to say, hey man, you're doing good. Right. Look what you just did. You judged this, shit. you caught that shit in the moment. Yeah. And hey, you know how you were almost gonna have a panic attack? You recognize that. And you actually went through your little library of tools and you picked out ones that would work for you. Um, but you know, it's exhausting, right? So if I don't sleep well, that's one of my problems I have to work on now. I get four to five hours a night. If I don't sleep well and I'm particularly tired, those tools, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, now if I really feel like, okay, I'm just too tired, I say, okay, tomorrow is a reboot hmm. because I know once I go to sleep, even if it's just three hours, I know it's a new day and I'm rewiring my brain, re rebooting, and I'll have a different perspective. And sure enough, that's the beauty of wisdom. Like Sorry. life is happening for me. This too shall pass. All of these tropes we hear, right? They work for me. Like these mm -hmm. little baby mantras that I use that, um, I mean, that was a big paradigm shift right there. Life is happening for me. I felt like life was happening to me. The minute I understand that, wait a minute, if I look back at all the circumstances, it all works out. <laughs> so now I have experience to, you know, that's the benefit of being older. Exactly. I was going to say that. Best thing to be older yeah. knows this shit will pass yeah. because we've had many experiences where shit it, passes. Yeah. It doesn't stay. And it hurts in the moment. Yeah. And you know what? There's nothing you can do about it except try to use those tools. Try to use what you've learned from the last time you had a really shitty moment and know that eventually it'll pass. And if it's six months, well, it's six months, but you know that great days are, are coming your way. And so that's something to look forward to. I literally would have bad days where I'm like, this sucks, but I can't wait for the, you know, a good day to come. I know it'll come eventually. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the benefits I think of, of getting older is just the wisdom and the experiences and the knowledge you gain from them. Yeah. Anything pop in mind of any stories that people have told you of how the practice of using pocket tubes, it's just the practice of focusing and understanding the resonance of gratefulness has shifted their lives. Yeah, we get testimonials, which is extraordinary. It's so humbling, like something so simple. But I think I have to constantly look back at, yeah, it's so simple, but it was a concept that was foreign to you for so many, from the majority of your life. Um, no, I get it. It's great because we work with nonprofits. So I'll get, you know, a mother telling me that she gave the journal to her 12 year old and she really likes it. And it was the first time that she actually wrote down a gratitude. Um, we get that we have super fans that <laughs> that will follow us and comment, and um, you know they'll send me the. I don't have like a you changed my life. I have to be realistic. It's not like um, you know a, a, it's not a revolutionary product. It's a really convenient, practical, you know, uh, tactile. Yeah, it wasn't like somebody gave me your pocketude as I was jump gonna yeah, jump off the bridge. I was gonna bridge. jump off the bridge and, and you saved save my, my life. life. No, no, yeah. but I, I think we get a lot of appreciation. Yeah. We get a lot of appreciation. It makes me feel good when I'm speaking. We used to host an event called Grateful Four that I think we wanna do again. It's F-O-U-R, it's four people that talk about stories of gratitude and it was deeply moving um, where we would literally would have, I mean, these heartfelt trauma stories that end in <laughs> gratitude. Um, which is what you just spoke about, right? 
like our lowest moments, you know, getting fired from a job, losing your partner, whatever it is. And then you reflect, and you're like, well, the good that came out of it is this. I changed that. I right. moved to India because I was wanted to. Um, so yeah, no, we get, we get soft testimonials. Like, oh, I love your journal. I take it with me all the time. And just looking at it is a great cue or reminder. Um, we're going into posters now. We have cards. We're going to develop. We have the little chill chip, which is a little um, wooden fidget toy. Mm. Um, I was fidget. I'm hyperactive. <laughs> so we came up with this. And uh, for the listeners, it's a, a teardrop shape, uh, cedar wood. It's basically a worry stone, but made of wood. Um, and I would, I have it with me a lot and I just rub it, you know, with my thumb and just that right there just calms me. It grounds me. It's just a moment of mindfulness. So I really want to just keep exploring again. It's all because it comes from me. It's not so much like customers say, you need this product. It's like, okay, well, what do I need for my practice? Which is great. Cause I'm like the, you know, I'm like a very, very light version of Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. I'll never starve myself. <laughs> I'm not going to do six months of intense, you know, biohacking, um, yeah, it's very mild. <laughs> I love that you call yourself a recovering negative thinker. Yeah. 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 I, I never, I'm always very cautious with my language to say I'm healed. Uh, I'm, re, you know, I, I'm always recovering, still on this journey. I really do have shitty days like everybody else. Um, but I'm still that funny extrovert. So it can be misleading sometimes. I also don't want to, you know, I, I, I realized that um, that I'm the guy who created this whole thing around gratitude and happiness and meditation, um, but I always try to go out of my way to say, "Hey, I'm I'm doing the work. I will have my relapses. Um, I struggle sometimes, but then this is a big but. My life is dramatically better than it used to be. The the 20 year old, the 30 year old, I, you know, I." I can't say I don't recognize them, but I would look back and go, oh, you poor thing. Right. Like, my God, did you really spend two months on the couch watching TV? Seriously? Right. You had a choice. And I also am mindful that not everyone does. So it's really about my experience. I had a choice. Yeah. And you're grateful for that opportunity that you shifted also, oh. like that part, right? Yeah. Like you said, other people might not have the choices yeah. that we have. Yeah. So we can really be grateful that Absolutely. we do ourselves and through our gratefulness we can even have more compassion for the people that that yep. don't have those opportunities i think that's the beauty of it it gets us really in touch with those feelings of compassion and kindness and mm -hmm. and generosity and appreciation and that is what shit we need so much more in yeah. our relationships right now well and i recognize too the, how privileged i am like you know not everybody gets gifted a week with tony robbins mm. right not everybody can read what i read or do the podcasts or do these journeys for this of discovery i recognize that so um i've had this this vision it's called you matter to create journals for communities of color for underserved communities that are um subsidized by corporations um, and it's on our website. People can can find it. Um, Tell what the website is? You no, know, it's pocketudes.com. P-O-C-K-I-T-U-D-E-S.com. Pocketudes. Um, because, again, it's not a cure. But if we do a lot of journals for universities, um, mental health institutions, um, mental health departments, because the, and these are custom. So they'll put on the back of the journals, you know, 988 crisis suicide text line. And again, it's one of those, it's an actual product you can 
to have with you and you can put in your pocket. So for me, the vision is <laughs> I want to have these journals everywhere so that people can visually see, you know, they may not do the practice, but they could see, you know what, I'm going to call for help. I'm going to take that step. Um, yeah, so it's, um, I'm realizing now more and more that I want to create a brand, if you will, that kind of reaches out beyond our core demographic, which a lot of it is yoga. It's, uh, you know, more of the privileged community. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's my, um, that's my dream for the the future is have kind of work with crisis text line, work with, with 988, work with, you know, I'd love to work with, uh, the health department, the HSA or not HSA, but, um, the human, I forget what they're, you probably know, I don't know, but it's in DC, yeah. right. <laughs> but you know, to kind of have this tangible product in the hands in communities that would never have a product like this because they may not be on TikTok or Instagram where you'd have these kind of, you know, these little tropes of like, be grateful today. Right. <laughs> you're alive. You're a miracle. <laughs> you know, really? Cause I'm homeless. Yeah, I'm homeless and, and there's shooting that happened right a, yeah, next door. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's a big, big part of my, my future plans and my endeavors. I'm putting it out there. Well, Frederick, man, I am grateful that you are out there doing uh, that. Really, thank you. Really. And that you're sharing your story and you're wanting to help and put it out to others and, and that you were so open and free to chat with me today, man. I oh, really a, appreciate it. It's a privilege. I, I think as they say here in Asheville, I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Deeply grateful for this opportunity to speak with you and, and your audience for sure. Sweet. Thanks, brother. Thank we'll, you. We'll do something again. All right. Absolutely. Relationships. Let's talk about it. Is a production of Heartshare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prebo Teplitsky, visit prebo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.